Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and divine mercy itself. Amen. In Jesus, I trust, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. We'll be right back. The Feast of Divine Mercy will be celebrated this Sunday, April 24th, at St. Patrick's Church in Lake Forest, Illinois. Confessions will be held at 1 p.m., then Holy Mass will begin at 2, followed by Holy Hour at 3. Please come and celebrate this very holy and mercy-filled day with us. At St. Patrick's Church in Lake Forest, Illinois, this Sunday, Confessions at 1, Holy Mass at 2, and Holy Hour at 3. Well, hello and welcome back to this special episode in the Hour of Mercy. It's just such a privilege to be in the studio with our dear friends and I guess they've been featured here in WSFI Catholic Radio, among many other places. With us right now we have, let's see, well we have Elizabeth Yore. Elizabeth Yore is the founder of Your Children. She's known for her child advocacy, especially for fighting against human trafficking. She's an author. She regularly appears on Steve Bannon's War Room in the podcast, but she also writes for various sites, including Breitbart, Town Hall, Daily Caller, and The Remnant. And recently, I've been watching Liz on LifeSite News. So welcome, Liz. It's great to be with you, Angela. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you for coming here. And also, we have Deacon Michael Landy, who's no stranger to WSFI Catholic Radio. Deacon Mike is, first of all, he is the deacon at St. Mary of the Annunciation Parish right here in Mundelein, Illinois. Is that correct? Is it Mundelein? That's correct. Mundelein. It's a yes. beautiful, I love that little chapel that you have, Mike. Yes, it's still there. People <laughs> still go to it. They but, still we have the, but we have the big church now I know. to accommodate everyone. Yeah, because you're a big parish. It used to be farmland there, yeah. before, wasn't it, when it was first built? But I went there, but they used to have an adoration chapel in that. I don't know if you're still doing that, but I could sneak in there, <laughs> yes. and they would have that at different hours of the day. And we have that in the big church. We have it accessible. Beautiful. So you can have uh, your holy hour anytime. Thank you, Mike. And Mike's a regular contributor to the Deacon's Roundtable, which is heard on Saturdays Saturdays at 10 a.m. once a month and Mondays at 10 p.m. And we also featured Deacon Mike when we talked about my favorite, which was the Bangabe, and we talked about the <laughs> Filipino custom. Your Filipinos oh, yes. are holding up the church right now. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yes, they are. That's right. But the reason we're here today is each of you had contacted WSFI in your parishes. You're promoting... Divine Mercy Sunday, which is this coming Sunday. So I'm going to ask Liz first, why are you devoted to Divine Mercy? What's behind this, Liz? 
Well, first of all, Angela, <laughs> <laughs> tell us the story of yes, you and St. Faustina. <laughs> yes, the, yeah. actually, I think Angela and I, that's how we met. We started talking about um, St. Faustina and Divine Mercy and realized that um, the good Lord brought us together. In fact, I'm sitting here um, in the radio station with a precious gift that she gave me, which was Aww. her diary oh um, the, of Divine Mercy in my soul of um, St. Faustina. And um, which I have turned to many times, and so I, you know, when I think of Divine Mercy, I also think of Angela. Wow. And, um, <laughs> so that's how, um, and of course, my devotion to um, Saint John Paul II, and um, this beautiful devotion that has a very mysterious and interesting um, history uh, that is um, really interwoven um, in with Poland and the Soviet occupation. And nevertheless, it came to the United States. So we can talk about that later. But um, I have to say, um, you and I, I think, came together because of um, Divine Mercy. And you gave me, you were wearing a Divine Mercy bracelet. Yes. And I still have it. It broke, but I won't get my, I can't get myself to throw out those little, I can't <laughs> those get myself metals. to throw out, I have all yeah. the little medals in my little jewelry chest, <laughs> so I see them all the time. My husband was coming into the Catholic Church yes. at St. Mary in Lake Forest, and we happened to sit together, and I think you were sponsoring a woman yes. to come into the Catholic Church. Yes, yes, and that's how we actually first met. Beautiful, yes, beautiful. It is. What it, but what do you like? I mean, why are you pushing? I know you're organizing this um, at St. Patrick's, but um, what, what know, has touched you about yes, it? Yes, we started in 2009 at St. Mm. Um, Mary's in Lake Forest, and um, I was frankly amazed at the response. Um, and um, it's just grown since then. We've moved to St. Pat's in Lake Forest now, so it's at St. Pat's. Um, it's a beautiful, well, I'm devoted to the rosary, and mm. I can pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet on my rosary. Um, and um, so uh, I keep, you know, both devotions very close to my heart. And um, I just love the story of Jesus giving um, his himself to this nun, um, talking, you know, having her, di um, directing her to draw uh, a photo or a painting of him. Um, and, you know, certainly um, in our time uh, of the church, divine mercy is absolutely critical. Um, it's she's you know Saint Faustina is the saint of the 20th century, 21st century almost, and so um, it's she's a, a very modern saint who is kind really speaks to me, and certainly the message of divine mercy speaks to everybody. Mm -hmm. And Mike, what's that message? Uh, uh, the message of the divine mercy. The divine mercy is God and Jesus. Mercy is open and waiting for the whole world. And it's there and all we need to do is avail of it. And he says, unless the world can avail of the fount of divine mercy, there will be no peace. Yeah. And I think that's what he wants us to do. On Divine Mercy Sunday, he's opening up his heart. He's saying, come, no matter how much, of, how much sins you have, I will forgive them. Even in fact, you are a non-believer in the Catholic Church, but if you believe in me and ask for my mercy, I will give it to you. That's his message. Okay. You, can't, you can't hear a more consoling, uplifting message in this day and age. Um, do you have the quote, Liz? I do, I do. Well, I have um, from her diary Perfect. on February 22nd, 1931. Um, in the evening... 
This is St. Faustina writing in her diary. When I was in my cell, I saw the Lord Jesus clothed in a white garment. One hand was raised in the gesture of a blessing. The other was touching the garment at the breast. From beneath the garments, lightly drawn aside at the breast, where there were emanating two large rays, one red, the other pale. In silence, I kept my gaze fixed on the Lord. My soul was struck with awe, but also with great joy. After a while, Jesus said to me, Paint an image according to the pattern you see with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. I desire that this image be venerated first in your chapel, then throughout the world. I promise that the soul that will venerate this image will not perish. I also promise victory over its enemies already here on earth especially at the hour of death. I myself will defend it as my own glory. So that was the moment in which um, Sister Faustina, um, a sister um, in Poland, praying in her cell, um, had this visitation from Jesus. These visitations would continue, of course, throughout the course of her life. But his message was, you know, this is what we know about the Catholic faith, the beauty of images, of statues, of pictures, um, knowing that Jesus understood that the world needed to see him um, in all his glory and all his mercy. And this humble, very humble, in fact, almost illiterate nun, you know, she only had, I think, two years of schooling. Wow. Um, I, she, he came to her knowing that he could entrust this mission of mercy to the world in this you know, tiny cell in this small town in this country that was soon to be occupied by Soviet forces and Nazi forces um, at that moment in time. And the fascinating thing is, and you probably know even better than I do, Angela, um, Within, I think, a 35-square-mile area lived St. Faustina, mm -hmm. St. John Paul II, yeah. and Maximilian Kolbe. And they never met. And yes. they never met. No. Yeah. No. So certainly um, she was, um, it, the, you know, St. John Paul II was devoted throughout his life, throughout his priesthood, um, and throughout the papacy to St. Faustina. And he was determined yeah. to not only um, start the canonization process of St. Faustina, but then when he announced it, was it in 2000, I think? Yes. You know what day it was? It's really weird. We have this thing coming up with Cardinal Bark. Yeah. April 30th? April 30th. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it until I saw it. Oh, I was, oh yeah. that's so fortuitous, right? Isn't it, it is. And, and on that day when she was canonized... Um, he also made the extraordinary announcement that the Sunday following Easter Sunday would always be, well, from then on, Divine Mercy Sunday, which was momentous. Um, and I remember hearing that. And so ever since then, um, uh, I've really tried to immerse myself in, in this beautiful chapel and devotion. What do you think, Mike? And, and uh, Pope John Paul, St. Pope John Paul, repeated the message again in his uh, Divus Misericordia in 1980. Yes. 
uh, Rich in Mercy, that's his yes. uh, letter. He's reminding us. And, and one of the things that bring, uh, that bring me real close to the Divine Mercy is my mother's devotion to Fatima, mm. which was happening in 1917. And we were warned in Fatima about the war that's oncoming if we do not pray. And then in the 1930s, Jesus was reminding us again, in a way confirming what Mother Mary was telling us. Mm -hmm. Pray, pray for my divine mercy. Pray for peace. And we didn't do well enough, the war came. And then again, today, if you look at what's happening, you have war and a sickness all over the world, which, which really talks about death. And every time I hear death, whether it's because of the war or the pandemic, it always reminds me that the wages of sin is death. And it tells me we need to pray more. Hence, even in our parish, and we're doing this the first time this Sunday, we're really advertising to everyone, hey, Come join us, okay? Clean up our souls so that the world will be lighter. And it also reminds me of Abraham talking to God about Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. God, if I have 50 good people, <laughs> would you still do it? All the way down to 10, and I think that's what we're doing on Divine Mercy Sunday. We're saying, Lord, <laughs> if a lot of us are cleaner, you're not going to to do this to us in this world. And I think it's a very beautiful message, but very few of us know about it. Yeah, yeah we're um, at St. Patrick's five, uh, 950 Everett Road in Link Forest. Um, the confessions will be at 1, the Mass at 2, and at 3 is the Holy Hour. Um, the chaplet will be sung. Um, we are also inviting children um, to bring up uh, roses to um, the the image of divine mercy and because we need to carry on this devotion to the next generation <laughs> and um and so um it's a beautiful devotion it's one that children i think would be just open to um so one i'd like to read another i mean the her di i would encourage everybody to get her diary saint faustina's diary i think everybody should read the diary yes read, read it so. read yes. it and it's kind of like the bible where you can just pick it up and any section is just oftentimes just speaks to you right it's just like oh i needed to hear that um but here here's um an entry um i think it's 299 she's talking about the word she heard within me and she's talking about the image and we're looking at the image in the studio here at WSFI which um, is very prominently in in the studio as well as all around um, beautiful image and she talks about this image the two rays denote blood and water the pale ray stands for the water which makes souls righteous the red ray stands for the blood, which is the life of souls. These two rays issued forth from the very depths of my tender mercy when my agonized heart was opened by a lance on the cross. These rays shield souls from the wrath of my Father. Happy is the one who will dwell in their shelter, for the just hand of God shall not lay hold of him. I desire that the first Sunday after Easter be the feast of my mercy. 
you know, one of the things that I know is happening around town is that more and more people who are devoted to this um, chaplet, um, they're putting the the image of Divine Mercy in their front window and or at their front door. And I'm, I'm seeing it pop up, you know, in, in the island of Malta, um, every single every single door has a, a terracotta um, picture, either of the Holy Family or of their favorite saint. And it's outside the door. And as you drive around Malta, you will see every, there's, you know, St. Anthony, there's the Blessed Mother, there's the Holy Family. And, you know, wouldn't that be wonderful if we could um, have the image of Divine Mercy uh, throughout our towns and communities, protecting our homes, our families, and a reminder of God's mercy. Um, and so uh, that's why this is just such an incredible devotion. And, um, and the Poles um, kept this devotion uh, within their hearts throughout just enormous persecution with, with the Soviets. And, mm-hmm. um, and yet the devotion did not die. Um, and and actually flourished um, thanks to um, the Divine Mercy Fathers that came to the United States and founded um, Stockbridge, and um, so and I, I think that priest. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I think on. that I think that priest Liz. I heard them speak. He promised our Lord that if he made it safely out of the country, mm-hmm. that he would promote this devotion. And so he had this tremendously frightening, circuitous route to leave war-torn Poland and come safely into the United States. So it was just so funny because, you know, you think about the impossibility of a cloistered nun, like you said, in Poland, in the middle of the wars and everything, that her diary would survive. I mean, it has to be from God, right, that it would survive, and that this priest would take it, make his way into Stockbridge, Mm -hmm. Massachusetts, and then I think Father Seraphim, uh, yeah. that just recently passed, um, was the translator, I think. And I think was there an initial issue with it, why it was rejected initially by the Vatican, because I think it was the translation or something of some of the words. And then when Pope John Paul came to the throne, well, he is Polish. Yes. And he's like, no, 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 no. It, there's no contradiction here whatsoever. I'm Polish, and I understand what she's saying, and this is what she really meant. So like the hand of God. It was, and you know, this image, the original image that Sister directed an artist to draw based on the image she saw of Christ um, who appeared to her. And she (laughs) would correct the artist. (laughs) And he was, you know, just quite a very talented man. And even her spiritual director, I think, kind of stood for a (laughs) while, you know, you know, to get the dimensions right or something. And, um... But it kept on, she kept on fidgeting with it and wanted to have it perfect because it was Christ had asked her to do this. And of course it, it, it's a magnificent picture. Um, but it still does not do him justice is what she said. you know it still not captures the beauty of our Lord. But this original canvas had to be um, hidden. And um, it was stolen for a while. It was abandoned in an attic um, for a while. Um, This was the original. And yet, you know, it was finally uncovered. There were duplicates, of course, made here and there. But the actual image after the war, after the Soviets finally left, was uncovered. I'm giving you the shorthand version. It was much more dramatic and um, circuitous. Um, But, of course, our Lord would never have let 
um, that magnificent canvas um, be destroyed. And so it was hidden, hidden, can you imagine, hidden in those grueling, awful years of persecution of the Catholic Church under the terror of the Soviets. Um, And, you know, especially now when we see communism rising in our country, around the world, um, it's it, this image, this devotion becomes even more so um, important for all of us to really um, cling to God's mercy, ask for God's mercy to turn the hearts and, and souls of, of many people who have turned away from the church and from him. Two, two things um, I get reminded by the image is one has to do with Noah and the ark. Uh, because God gave Noah very specific instructions on how you construct this. And he tells me that when Jesus was giving St. Faustina the same instruction, <laughs> he's telling, Jesus is telling the world, this is your ark. <laughs> okay? Have it in every house and have it blessed. And there is a specific way of blessing this. And during Divine Mercy Sunday, be sure you bless this image again and venerate this image on that Sunday. Second thing I reminded of <laughs> has to do with the two colors. The pale color reminds me really of baptism, the sacrament of baptism. And Father Chris has confirmed that in his, in his homilies. The red is our Holy Eucharist, the life mm-hmm. of the soul. Mm-hmm. And on Divine Mercy Sunday, when we clean up okay, our soul, uh, you know, plenary indulgence. Probably people don't want to talk about that. But that's how you clean up the soul. We are as good as if we had been baptized. And that is the white. And then we continue uh, our own progress through the Eucharist. And that is the red. And and so I, I find the image of Jesus such a great reminder for us. Keep going back and reconcile ourselves with the Lord and receive Him regularly in the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. That's, re- that's really beautiful. Um, and it reminds me of what Jesus said to Faustina. This is from her diary again. As, as I said, this diary is just full of so many beautiful um, images. Our Lord said to her, Oh, what great graces I will grant to souls who say this chaplet. The very depths of my tender mercy are stirred for the sake of those who say the chaplet. Write down these words, my daughter. Speak to the world about my mercy. Let all mankind recognize my unfathomable mercy. It is a sign of the end times. After it will come the day of justice. While there still is time, let them have recourse to the fount of my mercy. Let them profit from the blood and water which use forth for them. And when I meditate on those words, I tremble because mm-hmm. my choice is either the God of justice mm-hmm. or the God of mercy. <laughs> and definitely, I run to the God of mercy <laughs> right away. <laughs> yes, I, you know, I, I agree. It was, and, you know, her... Her, you know, all the stories of the saints, you know, the saints in Poland, you know, just um, this persecuted country, you know, and yet, 
um, so devoted to the Catholic Church, to our Lord, to our Lady, um, and you know the the martyrs, um, the you know, Maximilian Kolbe down the street, his national sh- shrine, uh, Saint Faustina, Saint John Paul II, um, and now you know Poland is this bright light, you know, in all of Europe, the one that has kept the faith, and um, so. It's um, despite all all the persecution, wars, um, she has remained faithful to to the church, to his mother, and so for that reason, it just it really gives hope. Just as you said, at this at this point in our in our country's history, um, this is uh, a devotion for our time. Indeed, yes. So and then if, if if people are wondering about plenary indulgence and they say oh that was just written in the book that's not official no it is official if you refer to the Roman Curia there is a bureau or a department that takes care of indulgences it's called the Apostolic Penitentiary and there is a decree in 2002 that says on Divine Mercy Sunday that plenary indulgence is in effect in perpetua Okay, forever. And it's not just something that we pick from the book. No, this is official. This is the position of the church. And it reminds us of the gospel this Sunday when Jesus showed himself to the apostles and he says, first, peace to you guys. And then, hey, touch me. Make sure you know, you don't just believe. Hey, look at my, my... then right after that he says whatever sins you forgive are forgiven and there you have divine mercy right there yeah yeah you know i just want to say something about that mike um so what the reason i love this devotion is i have that list of ways to get the plenary indulgence but you have to have complete detachment from sin to get a plenary indulgence so Whatever it is that's, you know, whatever, whatever stone we have to move back from the tomb, right, yeah. when we're, uh, that's holding us back to this earth, that's pretty hard. I mean, you'll get it to the extent, I mean, you'll get a partial, even though they say plenary, unless you're completely detached from sin. But when you go back and read that diary, he never says that. I think there's something much greater, if I, this is just my own personal view when you read it. He never says that you have to have complete detachment for sin. He says he's going to give you complete forgiveness, period. You sound like Father Chris. Does Father Chris say yes, that? Yes, he oh, said yeah. that. He said, hey, guys, on this day, you know that, that, that stickler thing about being attached to sin? That's very difficult. But on Divine Mercy Sunday, Jesus doesn't say anything about that. He doesn't. All you need to do is confession, communion, and ask for my mercy. And then, by the way, he says... Uh, if you can't have confession on that day, you have 20 days. They increase it from seven days to 20 days. So, hey, do it wherever you are. But yet both your churches, St. Patrick and Lake Forest and St. Mary the Annunciation, are you having confession on that yes. day? We are. Two to three, we have confession. Three o'clock, we have the prayers. Oh, you're going to have lines out the door. And we have, at one o'clock, we have... Three or four priests wow. will be available for confession. I'm going. Um, I'm going to be yeah, there. Oh, good. We'd love to have you. And I, um, you know, it's, it's what's interesting, of course, you know, God is in his infinite love and mercy. 
John Paul II dies on the vigil of divine mercy. Yeah. You know, and um, it was our Lord, I think, you know, really mm. reaffirming the importance of not only this Pope, but his love of divine mercy, and that he would call him home um, on the vigil of this feast that he not only um, made, but also um, spread throughout the world. And um, you, you can see a lot of his, you know, big, huge, you know, when he went to the the baseball fields and the big you know, open fields, they would have the Divine Mercy image always on display, either behind him or people in the crowd, you know, carrying it. Um, and so it was, um, it was always with him, um, especially, you know, his encyclical, which um, I would really encourage people to um, go back and really spend time, you know, turn off the television and really start reading the encyclicals of our past popes. Um, Pope, um, you know, of course, Leo, Pope Leo, Pope um, Pius X, Pope Pius XI and XII. The Beautiful. These guys, they're, just so, they're so brilliant. And so many of them are um, really f written as if they were written for our time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, about communism, about China, about what's going on in China. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's, it's, it's most appropriate right now. And, um, and John Paul, who was, you know, the great theologian, um, you know, the brilliant orator. Uh, I mean, we were so blessed, um, but yet he also, despite his brilliance and everything else, he had this pure um, love for our Lord and our Lady. Um, and and this devotion, I think, of anything, I think, don't you think this devotion really defined yes. that papacy? Yes, yes. Um, and um, and so, you know, I think that's the importance of really uh, carrying it on to the next generation to have children. You know, children innately understand. You know, God's mercy. God loves you. Um, they can look at that magnificent picture. And it, it, the depth of the meaning in that picture. And, you know, Father Seraphin, before he died, was um, in Lake Forest. And we had a, um, a showing wow. of the movie. And wow. he, um, after the movie, I can't, there are a couple movies out there. I would also encourage you to look at those movies. They're great. Um, about the Divine Mercy um, chaplet and the, um, the story of Divine Mercy. And each one of the, you know, our Lord's foot, his left foot is in front of the other. I mean, there's all sorts of meaning in um, these little artistic things that you wouldn't, you know, pay attention to. But the children understand the, you know, the depth of a beautiful picture of our Lord and um, his loving face and image, um, which Faustina said, you know, he's far more handsome and loving and even that magnificent image doesn't do him justice. I really encourage the children to come along. Yeah. The whole family. And by the way, go for the big church in St. Mary of the Annunciation. The, the, the little chapel will <laughs> not be enough. So go to the big church. Same with go us. Be, uh, be, oh, you guys in the big church. We're for you. Oh, wow. But, but, but the reason this is so, so true for me is I learned the rosary when I was a little kid, uh -huh. pre preschool. Why? Because I was watching my mother mm -hmm. pray the rosary. And she would bring me to church. And she didn't make me memorize the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and Glory Be. I just, before I knew it, you I learned it. it. 
even the mysteries. Why? Because we prayed it together. What that tells me is because I was little, innocent, and pure, I would mm-hmm. think, the Holy Spirit could easily communicate to me. And so when we bring our children to Divine Mercy Sunday, when we, we include our children in the prayer of uh, the chaplet, okay, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to infuse the wisdom of God in their hearts. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, you know, just shifting gears a little bit, because um, I don't want to let the hour go by without talking about the, the flip side of Divine Mercy, about the need to pray Divine Mercy in the chaplet when someone's dying. Mm. Do either of you know yeah. much about that? Yes. Um, yes, I do. Uh, uh, it's absolutely, absolutely critical that at um, the hour of death, that the Divine Mercy Chapel be said over the dying person. I mean, our Lord has said that, I think it's several times in in her diary. Um, and um, my mother died at three o'clock. Really? Yeah. And wow. we, were, we had said the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And um, I, in confession, I was, he s- priest said to me shortly before she died, be sure you say the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Um, and you know, especially in these days of COVID and, yes. you know, and people weren't able to get to the hospital. Um, it is absolute. yes, the rosary, but absolutely the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Um, you can get all the information. If you have a rosary, just pray it on that. It's all, um, you just follow the rosary beads. Um, but it is, I cannot emphasize enough the importance. Our Lord said it. Um, it's it's really kind of the foremost um, message I think in uh, in this chaplet and in this devotion is to at the hour of death to pray the divine mercy chaplet um, asking for God's mercy on this soul that is departing um, and you know sadly <laughs> sadly people just don't know about that my my, my hair stands on ends because. Uh, when the grand the, the grandmother of my wife was dying, was not uh, was in the hospital, and the doctor said, "No, she's okay. She's not gonna die. You can take her home." But it was three o'clock, so we said, "Hey, why don't we pray the Divine Mercy? It's three o'clock." Yeah. So we prayed together with our grandma, and you know what? By the third decade, okay, uh. she was beginning to expire. We had to call in the team, and they were. She died actually at that moment, and my wife and I were crying, but we said, we must finish the Divine Mercy. Right, right. And we did. And I said, my gosh, Jesus wanted her to die at the hour of greatest mercy. And I'm crying. Well, we are praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And he had promises. He said he himself would stand between mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. soul That's right. and the justice of God. So he made promises that anyone who has that chaplet when they're dying, if it was if they pray it or someone prays it there, that he himself will intervene. I mean, that's a enormous. That's like wearing a scapula yes. or the miraculous medal. I mean, it's just incredibly powerful, generous, merciful promise. And, and this is just me, okay? You know what I do with uh, my beloved ones who have passed away? I pray the divine mercy mm-hmm. for them. Do you? And I say, Lord, could you could you do a something like a time travel and go back <laughs> at the moment of their death <laughs> and give them mercy because I'm praying for them now. Well, okay? the, the chapel, you do pray for souls, and you know you do. Um, 
but I, I would encourage people who have um, relatives, friends who are dying, um, even if they don't believe, mm -hmm. to um, get the image of Divine Mercy, um, place it by their bedside or so they can see it on the wall, um, and let the Lord you know, work his wonders. Um, I think it would give great consolation. I know it would give great consolation, but you don't know how those kinds of graces can work. Um, you know, be having your eyes fixed on this magnificent image um, at the end of your life. Um, and um, whatever, whatever sins, whatever life that person has, you know, you always go back to your childhood um, to your baptism, to your first communion, to you know those moments of graces, and and back to kids and children and why they love it. You know, chill. This is why our faith is so fabulous, is because children respond to what well, smells and bells. You know, right? Um, and you know the lighting of the candles and the beautiful images and the beautiful statues. If you can be with a child who is walking into a church for the first time and follow their eyes to, you know, if you're lucky enough to go to a beautiful church that has magnificent stained glass windows and when the sun comes through the windows or when the bells or the beautiful music and of course every child <laughs> wants to light <laughs> candles and seeing a child kneel before a statue yeah. after they um, lit a candle. But the same thing is, is with this image. I mean, our Lord knows. The, um, he gave us you know, the beauty of all of our senses and sights, especially, and what, how they can move our soul. We're human beings, and um, those, our senses um, are touched by looking at beauty, and uh, certainly this image is beautiful. Um, but yes, thank you for you know remembering that at the hour of death, this um, this chaplet, this image should be with people always, and it's it's a very easy chaplet to follow for those of you. Um, it's you know very quick. Um, it's um, but it's very meaningful. And you'll find yourself, I think, thinking about not only your own life, but what, what the world's going through as you utter the words of the chaplet. And, um, and then you s you're almost struck with the thought, God is merciful and God will intervene in my life. You know, all you have to do is trust. <laughs> there's, a great, there's also a great novena, the surrender novena, which is just trust in me. And it was actually Father uh, Padre Pio's favorite um, devotion is Bad the surrender. Yeah, yeah. S uh, the surrender novena, very similar to you know, Jesus, I trust in you. Just trust and pray and believe that I um, I will answer your pleas. Um, so I mean, in this, you know, we're in. I mean, I think everybody realizes we're in a tumultuous time mm -hmm. in the world. Certainly, those of us. Um, have never seen anything quite like um, what's going on mm -hmm. in the world. Um, the divine mercy is the antidote to all of our problems. And um, for the many Catholics that have fallen away from the faith, and there are many, and they may believe that they have very good reasons um, and were hurt, um, I would really urge you to go online, um, just 
uh, Google Divine Mercy. Um, if you have a Catholic bookstore or just order online the chaplet um, and the image um, and just place it in you know room that you're in often enough and I think um, you will continue to be drawn into um, Divine Mercy um, I would also get her diary which is just it's a treasure trove of consolation and um, you know, whatever's happening in your families, you know, you just have to turn to a page and read it and um, share it with your kids. And uh, it's, it's you know, it looks like it's a Bible. It's pretty thick. Um, but she was ordered to write down um, everything that was happening this right in this diary. And um, she did so. Thank goodness. Um, because it's... Um, it's a beautiful companion to the image and to the devotion. One, one of the other things I know about the chaplet is we can offer the prayer of the chaplet to those who have died, to the souls in purgatory. And, and, and that's what I hear very strongly from, again, from Father Chris is my source here. I have to meet uh, this Father Chris. Which uh, Father Chris, in your parish or in uh, no, Chris No, no, it's uh, uh, Marian, the, the Marian... Immaculate Conception. So yes. Chris, Chris Alar. Alar, yes. Yeah, I love him. Yes, I, I read up a lot on him. And he says, look, here is where the church militant, the church triumphant, okay, and the church suffering are together. Mm -hmm. Because now we're praying for those in purgatory. And they, in turn, are praying for us together with the church militant. And, and we, need, we need to begin to realize that this ocean of mercy is open to all. The church militant, the church suffering as well. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, we only have a few minutes left. You have another quote, Liz, that you'd like I to share so. with I us. I may have read this, but probably um, St. Faustina, entry 687, says, I heard these words in my soul. Say unceasingly the chaplet that I've taught you. Whoever will recite it will receive great mercy at the hour of death. Priests will recommend it to sinners as their last hope of salvation. Are you listening, priests? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> even, even, even if there were a sinner most hardened, if he were to recite this chaplet only once, he would receive grace from my infinite mercy. I desire that the whole world know my infinite mercy. I desire to grant unimaginable graces to those souls who trust in my mercy. Wow. Wow. I, that's, um, there it is, from the Lord himself. Only once. Only once. Can you imagine if you do it every day? <laughs> Well, as I always say, I just want a window seat in, in purgatory. That's all I care about. <laughs> if I get there, I'll be happy. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, only once. Only once. That's how much this yeah. devotion means to our Lord. And um, So if they turn on the radio at 3 o'clock and the chaplet's running and they pray along with it, yeah, that's a little bit of an assurance to them to, to keep you know, the, the thing is, they say only once, but once you fall in love, yeah. you can't get enough. 
Isn't it that way? Like you start to do what you do at once, but then all of a sudden you're so drawn to this devotion, like you said, or to the diary. You just have such a thirst to keep reading and to know his personality, how gentle he is and handsome and kind. And you'll find it's a way of your life, don't you think? You find yourself doing the chaplet every day at 3. You look mm-hmm. at the watch. Is it time for the chaplet? Is it 3 o'clock yet? So that's where we want to go, right, Mike? I wish the uh, people in the, the medical places, like our nurses and doctors, who would take their break at 3 o'clock. Wow. And they would pray the chaplet for all mm. the patients they had that day. Mm-hmm. Because God said, when, when they're sick like that, mm-hmm. and you pray the divine mercy, my, my, my mercy is open to them. Wow. So I you encourage know, all of you to do that. I, I think that's great. I wish we had more chaplains in the hospitals that, that would do that. Mm-hmm. You know, over at Marytown, um, at the end of the shift, we have a hospital not far from us where we are here. And at the... Um, at Marytown in the Adoration Chapel, oftentimes you'll see all the nurses come in. There'll be a number of nurses, Filipino mm-hmm. nurses, I might add. Filipinos. Yes, of course. <laughs> come in, come in to the Adoration Chapel, and I think, oh, how blessed are their patients to have them. You know yes. they're praying for their patients mm-hmm. and for the work they do. Um, and um, that was what was always so great about Catholic hospitals. You had the nuns there, of course, and the Catholic doctors who had a strong sense of um, uh, of the faith. My grandfather, my uncle, were both doctors, and you know the nurses in ICU often would tell you that when the priest would mm. come in to bless, you know, patients that were in ICU very sick, they would oftentimes take a turn for the better. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of stories of I see you nurses, you know, having great faith um, and opening the oh, sure father, come on in, you know, please yeah. pray, pray all these patients, throw holy water on all these patients, please. <laughs> um, and um, so, you know, set your watches, set your iPhones to three o'clock, um, and you know, and really, um, it only takes ten minutes. And it just gives you such consolation and peace, this beautiful Divine Mercy Chaplet. And um, just wait for the graces that will flow to you and your family. And And I think it also becomes a great opportunity for us to think in terms of our uh, unborn children Mm. and their Mm -hmm. parents especially. Mm -hmm. So if if you know Mm -hmm. someone or if you could make that part of your 3 o'clock prayer, prayer for those children and pray especially for their parents mm-hmm. okay. because they need that they need that divine mercy we know that god will be very merciful to children's lives who've been aborted but also the parents mm-hmm. they need the prayers and for mothers that are you know thinking about abortion but torn um certainly this chaplet if you know if you could pray the chaplet for mothers that are you know in indecisive about what to do that they will choose life um i can't think of any more important um goal in prayer yes yes well before before we close um two things quick recap where can people go oh. this coming Sunday, Liz? Yes, Sunday, April 24th, 
West Everett Road, St. Patrick's Church, the Big White Church, uh, St. Patrick's Church. One o'clock is Confessions, two o'clock is Mass, three is the Chaplet, Bring Your Children. All are welcome. And Mike? Uh, St. Mary of the Annunciation, 22333 West Everett Road in Mandeline. Okay, 3 p.m. we have the benediction and prayers. 2 to 3 will be confessions. Beautiful. Come one, come all. Bring the family, bring the children. And closing prayer. Quick blessing. And may we ask the Lord Jesus again his mercy. And may the Almighty God bless us all. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Truth.